Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the world, Cheyenne Hills. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Nathan, welcome. Good to see you, man. So when is your birthday? December. December. So next birthday, you'll be how old? I will be 44. 44 years old. So yeah. how did you know when you were old enough, you said, okay, now I'm a man. Is there a, is there oh. a date that just you cross over and say, okay, I'm 18? Well, I'm a I, man? Think, I think if you ask any teenage boy, it happens, of course, when they're eight years old. You know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they want to be treated a certain way. No. And yet at the same time, I remember very clearly my older brother, he was nine years and nine months older than me, almost a decade older than okay. me. And I had done something silly. I was about 16, 17, and he grabbed me. He was much smaller than me, but I could have sat on him and hurt him, but I respected him so much. He twisted my collar and he shoved me up against a wall and he said, you are not old enough to say that. Oh, wow. And he, he was just trying to get me to come off my high horse I had as a teenager. Yeah. And I remember I was about 16 and I realized about 21 years of age, 22 years of age, I remembered that incident. I called him up and I said, Wayne, you were right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've been thinking about calendar years and birthdays and all this stuff. And and I, I was reflecting, was talking with somebody about, you know, when do you think someone's old enough to take certain jobs, certain positions, mm. certain roles? Right. So how old do you have to be to run for and, you know, a national seat, Senate or Congress that way. Well, this is really intriguing. So we know from the Constitution itself that a person has to be 25 years of age to run for the U.S. House of Representatives. Okay. 30 years of age to run for the Senate. Okay. And 35 to run for President of the United States. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think I kind of knew some of those. And mm -hmm. I think those are good. You know, somebody with some wisdom laid those down. I mean, that yeah. sounds a little young to me, actually, now. Right. You know, right. when I was 30, I thought you would have liked, said that was was perfect. But so someone was asking me about even the senior pastor role. And I and I said, well, you know what? You know, I started a church when I was in uh, 35 years old down in Colorado. And I was 45 when I came up here. And I said, you know, there's something that seemed like happened to me when I was 40. Mm. Not that. 40 is the perfect number, but I just like, I just think that there was a, I don't know if it's confidence or if it's just, you've had enough experience, mm -hmm. but 40 years old, you know, this is life begins at 40, right? Um, <laughs> or 40 is the, the young age of, no, it's the, uh, the youth of old age, but it's the old age of youth. I haven't heard that yet, but you're making me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're really young for an old guy. <laughs> there we go. I like it. But, but, um. But there was something that happened at 40, and I said, well, I think that, you know, to have a the kind of responsibility you're asking out of a person, I think that 40 years old is a good place uh, to kind of start from. Yeah. Now, obviously, president and Congress, I'm not saying yet there's younger people can't handle certain things, but there, somebody puts these numbers out there. Right. We have a drinking age at 21. Is that national? I think it is. That's right. Yeah. We have a voting age at 18. Uh, I'm not sure about enlistment. Can you? Do you have to be 18 to enlist? 18 now. So yeah. somebody puts these out there, right? And has has said these different ages. Now, okay, so I'm going to throw you the real curveball, but it has to do with age. Right now, we're seeing a lot of things, a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, the transgender um, and transgendering into 
another sex. Okay. And there's young people that maybe say they want to make these decisions and, and then some parents or teachers or whoever may be helping them in this. Mm-hmm. How do you, how can these kids be old enough to even, even come yeah. up with a, explanation of this. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? I, I do. And and that's that's a really deep question, a good question. And I think we have to step back for just a second and look at the fact that what your question poses is the fact that society at certain levels recognizes that a person needs to mature before they make certain levels of decisions. For sure. Right. So the constitution initially set the voting age at 21 years of age. That's also when you could join the military. Okay. Now, of course, that was bumped down, I believe, in the 1950s or 60s um, to to the age of 18. It may have been in World War II. I don't know. It might have been in the 40s. But mm. um, for, for most of America's uh, history, that, that age has been 21. Yeah. And initially, they were going to make, uh, make it a requirement that you had to be a voting age, the age of 21, to actually be a member of Congress. And so when you listen to that, though, George Mason, who is a really important man in that constitutional convention, he said, listen, a person needs to have a few years of experience administrating their own house before they can administrate Uh, the affairs of another person's house, especially the House of Representatives. And so you look at that, we recognize that a person needs age, maturity, experience for many of these major decisions. We can see that right now with the current debate going on, on at what age can a person purchase a handgun or a firearm? Right now, the federal government says that a handgun can be purchased at the age of 21, but you can actually go buy a long arm, like a hunting rifle at the age of 18. And so we have all of these standards set and we have to ask the question, why? Hmm. It's because we do recognize that with age comes experience. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to just take a little side note and say that with age does not necessarily come maturity and wisdom. No, not always. <laughs> I've met true. some I've met some immature adults, but yeah. but we do recognize that there's value with age. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the permanent mutilation of a human body uh, made by potentially a teenager who has, I don't know, when I was a teenager and it, with all the teenagers I've worked with over the years as a youth pastor and in different capacities, I've watched that they can have really high highs and really low lows. Right. They can have good days and bad days and they can be very erratic. Yeah. But then you take a person who feels a certain way about their body and they're just beginning to actually understand how their body works. Yeah. And then they begin to, it, you, you tell them, okay, so you can go do this permanent damage to your yeah. body. Right. We recognize in society that that should be something that is is not allowable right. uh, at that early age. They need more experience. But there is no age limit as far as I understand. Is there? Is there? Well, uh, the British High Court, so I don't know if it's been adjudicated in the United States yet. This is just a couple of years ago. The British High Court, actually, there was a young person that as they got older, they actually turned around and sued this um, um, this medical agency uh, that was trying to help all sorts of kids tran- transition. And the reason why this, this person did it was she, uh, she was a young lady that wanted to transition into being a man, but then she had radical double mastectomies okay. done. And now that she was an older adult and began to realize, oh, I have done permanent damage. I don't like the result of what has just occurred. And I was too young to make that right. decision. Right. The British High Court agreed with her. 
and then made the statement that anyone basically ruled that anyone under the age of 16 in this case, anyone under the age of 16 has to have some sort of special waiver and demonstrate Mm. uh, that they can go through or should be allowed to go through some sort of transition thing. So even there they've said 16. But you have some people in the United States that are saying you should start off children, young uh, children. prepubescent children on puberty blockers and everything else. Yeah. yeah and, and to me, that is just, that's completely, and I think we completely inconsistent with, you know, certainly with God's word and with anything that comes of close to wisdom. It's like, right. why would you, why would you ever start transitioning somebody at all? I mean, but mm-hmm. at that age. So here's what I want to talk about. There's a couple, I read an article and I want to, mm-hmm read this to you. There's some things here, but I, th- I also think there's a, I've always heard there's a biological part of our brains that are not fully developed until I don't know what age mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. but your brain is not fully developed. You know, the is prefrontal there... cortex. Okay. Right. Go ahead and talk about that. Just well, a little just, bit. Just Do you know briefly. what age on that? Or? So, so the age people have tried to uh, lay it out because it doesn't happen in the same exact way for every single person. Okay. But sometimes as late as the age of 24 and 25, that prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. Now, is that the logic? I believe so. And I think, yeah. so there's two, two things that people make uh, uh, decisions based on. One is emotion or passion, mm-hmm. right. right? And another one is logic. And if that logical part of our brain isn't completely formed, you know, there may be some feelings, some emotional feelings or whatever like that. And, but if, if that's cannot connected or fully formed, it's like, why would anybody allow them to make a decision like this? I mean, it would right. be like saying, you know, like a five-year-old saying, well, I want to get married to so-and-so and then start having them start dating. No, right. one, no one would do that. Exactly. Right? Right. You say, okay, well, that's cute. And maybe someday- Watch yourself. You're using <laughs> logic here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> but, but you know, you can't, you cannot allow, everybody knows that. You can't allow, you know, kids have dreams and visions. They want to be, right. you know, the president or the man on the right. moon or whatever. It's like, we- it's fine. You can dream those dreams. Right. There's just a lot of, a lot of things that I don't think happen until later. And then that we're allowing this or promoting this at these young ages. To me, it's wrong on a lot of levels, but that age thing really bothers me. Right. And I think it's recognized throughout human history. Uh, the discussion of when does a person reach the age of the technical term is the age of majority. Okay. And so you look at that, the importance of that, most people uh, recognize, I remember when my, my little boy, my youngest, he was about four, maybe five. I asked him what it did, he wanted to be when he grew up. Okay. And he said, I want to be a fire truck. Okay. I said, oh, a fire truck. Yeah. And, uh, but two weeks later he wanted to be a policeman. Then he yeah. wanted to be a military man. Then he wanted to be a knight and slay dragons. Yeah. And it was just, you go through all of these different things. Yeah. We recognize that uh, there is a specific age of majority, and many cultures, what they did is actually had a kind of transition ceremony mm-hmm. where that young person would go through a difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was staying out in the forest for two days uh, and have to hunt their own food or different things like that. We recognize throughout history, we've recognized that people should not make uh, decisions 
until they're old enough to actually logically come to the right uh, means of engagement with that decision. And so that's important for us to remember right now. And again, it comes back to the whole discussion we've had over and over on this show regarding what books a child should be able to read and all of these different things. We have to point out, here's the reason why we bring this topic up. We need to um, look at a child's needs and place a child's needs before an adult desire. Mm. And what happens oftentimes is we, uh, we have groups that try to politicize children. And that should be something that would, would be uncomfortable for anyone in this society. And yet there are some people that will go to a school or to different things and try to start different clubs, trying to drive a sexual uh, argument into yeah. the minds of young people yeah. and, uh, and begin to pull them different ways. And so we have to be, I believe, as a society, very cautious regarding that. Yeah, for sure. But then it comes back to, let me pose this question to you. Does the Bible give us some understanding? Well, that okay, that's exactly. I wanted to give okay. some some just take yeah. a look at this, and I thought, okay, let's just brainstorm this a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, I would say there's an age of no one knows exactly when the age of accountability is. Meaning, right, right. when when will God require that child to have accepted Jesus or not? Right. I don't know what that is. But there's one date that the Jewish or the Hebrew people have used. The Jewish people used age 13 for their bar mitzvah. It's almost like this coming of a man type of thing or coming of a woman. Is that is that kind of true? Uh, yeah. But there's uh-huh. a religious part of it. But there's also an acknowledgement of this this boy be- mm-hmm. of becoming a man and a, a girl becoming a woman. Um, so I think that that age has got to be considered as some kind of... Right. You know, I remember uh, some kind of a hurdle or something. I remember uh, James Dobson would say, you know, when you, your children are born, you're just like the, you, you reel them in on this, uh, you, like a swing and a stick with a, a string on the end and a weight on the end. And you, you get closer and closer and closer. And he said at age 12 to 13, they get as close as they're going to get. And then you have to start swinging. The parent has to start swinging that rope the other way, right. letting them go. Right. Until they finally hit. Oh, that's this, neat. Yeah. Until they get to Never this, heard that. this place at the end, you know, he gets way out here at 18. Now they're going to hit this and they're going to be shot off on their own after right. they hit this this end of this, so to speak. But I, but I have always told parents, listen, your parenting is going to have to change because you're pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. And then at age somewhere 12, 13, you're going to have to start letting go, letting go, letting go. That's right. Right. And so something shifts. So we, we all have this awareness of our, something happens in that age group. Right. Now, I don't, I don't know if that means our frontal cortex is completely developed. I'm, I personally don't believe so. I think that logic doesn't completely kick in until, until later. But, um, but I, I think even, well, let's take a look at the age of accountability is one, but how about the age of marriage? No one mm-hmm. ever set out and said, okay, this is when you're married. But when a couple is married or old enough to, to be married by, set by whatever invisible standards of the community, it's kind of common sense. Right, right. right. You know, a girl needs to be a certain age and a guy needs to be probably a certain age to to make a living. The girl be a certain age so that she could be a mother. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, is that 16 and 21? Right. I I don't know what those are exactly, but common sense would say ish. Right. Right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, what you've just highlighted is a kind of subjectivity to it. So I actually had to answer this question on a, uh, uh, for, for someone just recently regarding what is the age of accountability? 
And uh, the uh, the other question was, does a baby go to heaven? And okay. That, that was, they were tied together in that context. Okay. And one of the individuals, what they wanted to point out is oftentimes we go back to uh, to what David said yep. and, and point that out. And yet he was saying was that was taking the text out of context, but that there is a better argument from the scripture. And I think it ties right into our, our conversation here. Okay. He talked about the fact that the Bible kind of understands that there is an age of accountability. Um, and he takes it for, right from Romans chapter one. In Romans chapter one, verse 20 says, for the invisible things of him being from the creation of the world are clearly seen. And this is his key phrase, being understood, being understood by the things that are made. Mm -hmm. Now there are certain, a child doesn't understand everything, but there comes a moment of understanding uh, his or her status before Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that there is a point on a spectrum, if you will, and it's not, doesn't happen at the same time for every child where they come to a realization of who they are before Christ. Mm. And at that point, they actually are accountable from right. there on. Cause the light bulb came on. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is what you're saying, but I've always heard if a, if a child can understand what sin is, mm -hmm. they can understand they need a savior. And, and every right. child, I mean, I did enough children's ministry to know Every mm -hmm. child has a different aptitude or ability to grasp mm -hmm. concepts. Right. And uh, some some can grasp it very, very early on. Right. Uh, four even. Right. Uh, some, it's kind of seven or eight until they can really grasp mm -hmm. uh, some of those, you know, what sin is. And it's like, yeah, and I, I realize there's sin in my life, you know. Right. But anyway. So now we go on to the next step. You're right. You're spot on. We recognize that with a child. Then we take the next step and recognize, and we could even look at the Greek polis, um, why they would only allow people of, of a certain age to vote. Okay. You go to actually ancient Sparta, and you had to be roughly 30 years of age, mm -hmm. what they considered to be an old man, yeah. uh, to vote. Uh, before that, you were considered a person who could fight and die for your country, sure. but you didn't have the wisdom yet to vote for Is it. Is that right? <laughs> and so- Throughout history, we have recognized um, that that age of majority is is something that people progress to. And even our founders, of course, as we've already talked about uh, in the Constitution, recognize that. So while there, there may not be a very definite, say, age, someone has to draw an age line somewhere. Yeah. And we certainly can say that prior to, for instance, the age of 16 or the age of 18 or the age of 21, that a person isn't ready to make some of the most key, crucial, long-term, uh, potentially damaging decisions right. before that age. Right. And so even when it comes to the age of marriage, uh, it's different in different states, but most states are sometime, somewhere between the age of 16 and 18, yeah. that you have to be older than that yeah. uh, before you get married. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me, I referred to this article. Um, th this, let me just read just a little bit of it. This is Justin Santiago, 66, is the first trans man in Puerto Rico to change his name and gender on both his, on his birth certificate. Remembers long ago, the incident that led to years of pain he hopes other teens do not have to endure. During biological class in the mountain town of something San, uh, Santiago would sit at his desk, take a wood pencil, grab a sheet of paper and write love letters to his teacher. 
he had a voluptuous body, or she, she had a voluptuous body, Santiago recalled, and wore her curly blonde hair tied back. Um, he wrote the letters hoping that one day she would replicate the, his feelings, mm. re, re, reciprocate his feelings. Um, every time Santiago wrote a love letter, he would leave it in the teacher's mailbox and hope for the best. Uh, one day the school counselor asked him to visit the office, and she told him that he, she, that he was uh, leaving such notes was wrong because she's my teacher, Santiago asked. No, because she's a woman like you, the counselor replied. But I'm a man, Santiago said, then 15 and a trans youth. The incident led to years of conversational uh, conversion therapy and unscientific practice that seeks to change people's sexual orientation and gender identity through physiological techniques causing guilt and shame. They broke me and turned me into a sick person, Santiago said. The treatment involved prescribing him psychiatric drugs that led him to other dependencies, he said, with no one ever to hold him accountable. On May 6th, a Puerto Rican Senate committee uh, killed a bill. He uh, talks about this. But basically, what he goes on to say is Santiago hopes that telling his story serves as a cautionary tale for younger generations. For if, if my story helps one person not to have enough experience not to have to experience the torture that I went through. For me, that is enough, he said. Mm. But basically what he said, and then he goes, he, he pleads with parents, don't hurt your children. Right. And so what he, what he's basically saying is there was this, he just kind of got into this this therapy, and what he sees now is there's a not enough caution and instruction you know, pushing back against some of these thoughts. Right. In fact, it's the other way around. Right. It's encouraged and... There's like a, a smooth path being made, an attractive path saying, hey, this is who you naturally are. Go down this road. And and there, and there I've heard another, read another article very similar to this one. And it was a trans person pushing back and saying there needs to be more mm -hmm. caution in this and there's not any caution built into the That's system. Right. And so here's, here's people that have been through it. And they said, it's excruciating, mm -hmm. painful, it's depression. There's all kinds of things. And nobody's talking about that. Right. Well, and I think that's pretty important because, for instance, that story is remarkably similar to a lady by the name of Kyra Bell, who uh, at the age of 16, a young female thinking she wanted to become a male, began to take puberty blockers. But then when she was in her early 20s, she wanted to detransition. Okay. But didn't realize until then that all of the puberty, puberty blockers she had been given were potentially going to prohibit her from ever having children. Oh, yeah. And, and it brought just a lot of uh, concern and controversy, of course. And, wow. and we're watching this over and over again because it's, it's become a bigger issue because of a term people talk about now called rapid onset uh, gender dysphoria. Right. Well, the rapid onset, the, the craze of rapid onset gender dysphoria has some schools will have 30% of young girls are claiming to have this. And when you look at just this massive swell of uh, people claiming this particular condition, you begin to realize this is not um, something that is a real physiological issue or even a psychological issue is something driven, driven by what is chic today. Right. Yes, right. We even have liberal commentators on HBO uh, pointing out that this is just, this is too far. This is silly. Really? Yeah, we have oh, wow. essentially liberals yeah. uh, saying this. 
people who are anything but Christian and actually enjoy making fun of Christians are pointing out, wait a second, let's just look at civil society and say, that's not normal. Right. And so I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. uh, and so here's the, here's the issue we come back to. When, when God created male and female, right. uh, he made them very specific. I, I wrote about this in an article just not too long ago where our U.S. Uh, senator uh, made mention of that at the University of Wyoming mm -hmm. in her commencement address. And as she was making that, she, she pointed out that there are some people that say that there's only two uh, two genders, in spite of all the science that demonstrates there's only two genders, they uh, there are people that say, no, no, there's really more. Mm -hmm. And she received boos and catcalls yeah. from the audience. And she was heaped with scorn mm -hmm. by the radical left um, at, at the University of Wyoming. Right in here in our own in, state. In Laramie, this oh literally just a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so when we look at the reality of this, um, it, it's all around us. Yeah. And someone just simply needs to stand up and say, there is male and female. Right. And yes, there's a tiny uh, uh, percent. It's somewhere between one out of every 1,000 to uh, every 1,500 individuals that's born with some level of dysphoria. Right. But that also is the exception, not the norm. Yeah. And so many people are declaring the exception to be the norm. Right. And what they're doing is they're causing harm to children. Huge, huge harm. And yeah. and uh, they may not they may not really have this fully developed frontal cortex and their logic hit them until they're 24 years old and have had all this damage. Right. Why? Why would anybody? I mean, right. why? I just don't understand the motive behind it. I there's there's got to be some something that I don't see. But that's just to me that is one of the. Uh, the great uh, disservices we're doing, one of the many, but great disservices to our children, yeah. and I, I don't fully understand it. So, well, again, Nathan, we need to land this plane. We probably could talk about it some more, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a hot topic right now, isn't right. it? Right. I mean, it's it just, it's just everywhere, and you know, I've got, you've got kids, and I've got grandkids, and um, trying to grow up in this world, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of courage as parents, as grandparents, and as, 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 as children. Uh, and the way we always end this time is that God has commanded us to be strong and very courageous. I hope that's true with you. God bless you guys. Amen.